This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Is Kick not working or something? Where the fuck is everybody at? What the hell? There's people in there. BB girl. Good evening. Welcome. Welcome. There we go. Broke the broke the chat cherry. That's that's funny. Has anybody ever come up with that before? I think I'm red pegging my microphone. Hold on. I was recording voiceover earlier today. I'm I'm apparently the voiceover for a uh, uh, fatherly advice channel now. Hell yeah! What kind of things are you gonna be looking at in your microscope? Bacteria, fungi. Libertad, good evening, welcome. Fungi and bacteria. Do I follow you on TikTok? If I don't, find me. Let me know it's you. Have you have you ever met uh, Nine Tails Cosmic Fox? You've, if you've been around uh, producer Dave's chat, I would assume that you have run into her. She is she is very much into the spores, molds, bacterias, moss, fungi, and stuff. She taught me a lot one time when she co-hosted the Freak Show. Welcome. Good evening. Welcome to a, what is bound to be a crazy week in politics. We have the triad of events taking place on Wednesday night. One is a debate that has like two people. The other is Vivek going on Tim Pool. And then the other is a Trump town hall on Fox News. I think I will put all three up on screens and we will take whichever one I feel has the most interesting content at the time. I'll let you guys be like, oh, let's check in on Vivek over on Tim Pool. You can say, okay, switch back to Trump now. Let's find out what that Trump be doing. What do you guys think? Does that sound like a good plan for Wednesday night? We'll do all three of them. I'll take. I'll. I'll, I'll have a button for all three. We can. We can switch as needed. Well, Flash, you you have to remember, I am Appalachian, so a lot of my vowels are going to have the long sound. Fuzzy Simba, good evening. So I may very well have mispronounced it. A triad, not a triad. See, I that could very well just be an Appalachian accent thing coming through. I don't I don't know. I'll have to get a second opinion on that one. Ah, my, I, the, the more you smoke these motherfuckers, 
the more they get clogged and it, it sucks. Here is your meme of the day. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. Where you get to punch your ex-husband twice and call the cops on him. <laughs> Flash, good evening. Shelly, good evening. So glad to see all of you. Where's Clinically at? Your news gimp is here. And boy, what a wild night it's going to be. Oh, awesome, PP girl. I will take a look at that here in a little bit. We're going to have to talk about Bobo. Bobert involved in yet another domestic incident. Apparently, she called the cops on her ex-husband. Now, I will tell you, as you will find out in a story that we're getting ready to do later tonight, you probably shouldn't call the cops. You are putting someone's life in danger. Let's say you are having a mental health episode and you call the cops for help. Let's just say you probably shouldn't do that. Just like if you're an 11 year old and I'm going to assume they were black. Oh, let's go. Let's face it here. Body cam footage released of cops in Mississippi shooting an 11 year old that is not the only fuckery going on in Mississippi wonder how many children are in the unmarked mass grave behind a Mississippi jail why are more people not talking about this shit feel like this should be a much bigger story now have the arrest report from the man who attacked a judge in Las Vegas. We watched the video of it last week. Apparently, the marshals were sent to the wrong courtroom. Chicago residents were locked inside of their apartments. Apparently, against their will, or I don't think we would be talking about this. Can't wait to find out what that's all about. There was a massive pileup. When I saw this, I was just going to assume that it was in New Orleans again. And it was super fog or whatever they were calling it. Where it was fog mixed with brush fire and it caused zero visibility on this bridge. No, this one happened in Southern California. A massive pileup. Two people are dead. In Alaska, in Alaska, there was an airplane where a chunk, a chunk of the airplane just flew off mid-flight. Speaking of flying off mid-flight, a man punched a flight attendant. I, I am again that. I am again punching a flight attendant. However, he also kicked a cop, so... I'm for, I am pro cop kicking. <laughs> anti, anti punching flight attendants, anti punching working people, pro kicking cops. And one, one can only hope 
that uh, it was a well-placed kick right in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. Warlord, good evening. Anybody else sneak in here? Not a chondria. How are you, my friends? It's going to be a wild show. But then again, when when is the Troll Patrol ever not wild? We're going to do a little foreign affairs to start off the show. Apparently, the killing of the Hamas leader has sparked protests in Gaza. Jordan is warning the U.S. that uh, there's going to be a catastrophe if things keep going the way they are. Perhaps an all-out war, but an MP in New Zealand... She did her uh, war cry during her first speech. Apparently, this was very inspirational. She is the youngest MP ever elected to parliament in New Zealand. And she's also indigenous. So she went in there in front of a bunch of white people and did an indigenous war chant. I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to watch this video. We are not going to war here on the floor of Congress over a new budget deal. Apparently, the Senate and House have come to an agreement. We will not have a shutdown. And you've got to wonder, what does that mean for Speaker Mike Johnson's future leading the Republican caucus in Congress? Trump apparently acted really erratic during a speech in Iowa over the weekend, shared an insane video. It was the anniversary of January 6th, which we watched live here on this stream. Still a day I will never forget, mainly because I was broadcasting live. Producer Dave did the Trump rally before Congress started, right? Justin freaking was only covering the proceedings in Congress. I th I even came on that day. You can go back and watch the stream, which is apparently the day that Warlord subscribed to my Twitch. I said, this, this isn't going to be any big thing. It's just a formality. It's going to be boring. I had both the Senate and the House up. We were bouncing back and forth between the two of them. It was anything but boring that day. Boy, was I wrong. A woman was shot in the Capitol. Her name is Ashley Babbitt. Her family filing suit. Wrongful death suit filed on her behalf by her husband. Apparently, the special counsel, Jack Smith, has new info on uh, Trump's plot to stay in power. That ain't the only ex-president we're going to be talking about tonight. One of the things that came out in the Jeffrey Epstein releases last week, apparently former President Bill Clinton was pressuring Vanity Fair not to write an expose about his dear friend. Did you know that COVID shots are the Antichrist? Here's your sign. Redneck comedian Bill Ingvall. 
is is triggered by comedy audiences. This is fucking. This is always hilarious to me. If you're a comedian, don't complain about your fucking audience. That's a, that's a very dumb thing to do. We're gonna talk about Pat McAfee. <laughs> After making news last week with Aaron Rodgers on his show, calling Jimmy Kimmel a pedophile without any evidence, and it turned out not to be true. I guess insinuating Jimmy Kimmel is a pedophile. Pat McAfee apparently took a shot at his boss on air. I'm I'm cool with that. Like I, you know me, I like kicking authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. I had to wake up. I had to wake up to do the January sixth coverage. I remember, I remember being upset. It was like fucking started at 11 or something too. And I'm still like, I had to wake up early to do the coverage. All that and a lot freaking more tonight on the Troll Patrol live. Welcome. I thought about it yesterday. I was like, should I have done some sort of show on the anniversary? Like it's not like 420. It's not... Well, I guess it is kind of a milestone in the Troll Patrol history. Twenty twenty one was when the the stream really started taking off. I was really only broadcasting to two or three people at a time up until that point. One of them was my ex best friend who I, I apparently pissed off on. He kept saying really sexist shit about uh, AOC, so I had to, like, cuss him out one time on stream, and he never did talk to me again. He's dead now. I got the I got the call last week that my ex-best friend, and I even, I invited him to, I was like, hey, dude, come by, watch the, watch the 420 special. This was last year. You were a big supporter of me at the beginning, man. I want you I want you to come by. Let's make peace. I tried to make peace with him. Kinda. I was I was probably a little antagonist antagonistic when I did it. Yes, my ex best friend, if you're ever watching any old clips of the Troll Patrol and you see Breed Creed. Breed Creed. Is my ex-best friend. He knocked out my front tooth when we were 18 or 19. Got a lot of stories. Apparently he's dead now. I had heard that he had lung cancer. So of our of our group, you will see Battle Opossum. Battle Opossum, me and him were like thick as thieves back in the day. That's the that's the old adage, right? Thick as thieves. Whatever the fuck that even means. I said it now. I'm like, what? What the fuck does that mean? Thieves are dis- a dishonorable bunch of ill repute. The three of us, we got a lot of, we got a lot of stories. But he, he was the first one of us to quit smoking cigarettes. This would have been 2004, probably 2005. He quit smoking for like a year. And then he started dating some girl and started back, and he never stopped. The re- me and Jesse, we we quit smoking a few years later, and never picked it back up. 
and he was like two packs a day last I, last time I saw him. So lung cancer, not all that surprising. But I don't know if that's how he died. I'm still, I've asked people. I do not know how he died. It was not in his obituary. My buddy Jesse said one of our other mutual friends messaged him about it. And I was like, okay, well, how did he die? And Jesse said, I don't know. Well, you didn't even ask? Sorry, sorry, sorry. As I was coming on, I was like, I don't have any banter for the opening of the show. But, like, sure enough. I... I'll rub my mouth about anything. Well, okay, apparently... So we used to play video games and we were playing like Uncharted the like it was the multiplayer on Uncharted 4 and we came across this gal and like I think I think women playing video games tend to like lay low right they don't get on the microphone they don't talk to, to other people because they get harassed and like I guess we were we were cool to her and she you know we weren't like fucking being sexist and horrible people on video games. So she like started playing with us a lot. And I don't even um I only know her by her screen name, but she's watched the stream. So this was this was us playing like Uncharted 4 in 2015 around that time period and Jason was still with his Baby mama, but I think him and that and her her screen name was Oh Holy Hell. That's that's how I remember her. I'm pretty sure she's like it, it calls her his special friend in his obituary. I'm pretty sure that's her. So I think like they formed some kind of online relationship, and then after years he ended up moving in with her. I think I don't know. But she actually came on here one time, like, cussed me out in the chat over, I don't even remember what now. And I want to say it was during one of the debates in 2020. It would have been around that time. It felt like it was, like, something special we were doing that night. Wild times, wild times. Oh, but, but, I will say, from reading his obituary, I found out that his grandmother, his grandmother, who had to have been like 70 when I was hanging, like back when I was 20. So she's probably like 90 now. We called her Hardcore Granny because she, she went to the bar like three or four times a week. She like, we're 20, 21, 22. We're hanging out in his bedroom, smoking pot and playing video games. Like, that's like we would go out to dinner and shit and then come back and play video games all night. She's going out and partying. <laughs> She's still alive. I found out from his obituary that Hardcore Granny is still alive. And I love it. I was, that, was, that made me happy reading that. I loved that woman. She was a wild one. Quesadilla, good evening.
Am I saying that right? Is it supposed to be quesadilla? Like I feel I feel like it's spelled <laughs> I don't know how to I'm not a very good speller. I don't think that's the actual spelling of quesadilla. I think I'm saying <laughs> God I'm so stupid. Cancel Justin indeed. Alright, it's twenty after. I I always promise we gotta get to the news. We'll get there. We'll get it. We'll get to Bobert. We'll get to Bobert here shortly. Unfortunately, wait. Is that the? Is that how? Is, is it quesadilla? So I've just been saying it like a fucking redneck the whole time, being stupid. You can say I'm being affable about it. For some reason, I thought it was one L and I A at the end. I'm horrible with names. Oh, cracking myself up. I deserve a titty slap for that one. A titty slap! Come on now. It keeps getting clogged on me. A French man was speaking French and said something in English in super. I get what you're saying. I took French. I can imagine how, how much I butchered that language. Oh, the double L is pronounced like a Y. I don't I don't know why I thought the actual spelling was L-I-A. But it's one of the like, okay, so I don't notice misspelled words because when I'm reading, and it's one of the reasons why I can read copy on here with you guys and like do it naturally is like I don't read the words like my mind is is telling me what it is. I'm not actually reading the words, so I don't notice the spelling. Does that make sense? I don't even know how I can how I like that doesn't make any sense. How how am I what what am I actually meaning? That's why sometimes I'll say the wrong word. It's like, "Oh, wait a minute. That's not what that word is." Is like I'll catch up to where my mind is with the with the reading as I'm reading. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's it's some it's some weird thing I can do. I try to on the one hand, I like I try to be prim and proper and this is part part of like coming through academia and then I had a girlfriend when I was in college at the time that was so fucking she was anal my my fucking text messages had to be flawless grammar or she would fucking make fun of me and then being in radio working in newspaper like uh, you know it's been it's been because on the one hand 
I don't I don't want to fault anybody because it is kind of classist to look down on people's spelling and shit. But if you're having your work published in a newspaper, you kind of have to be mindful of that. Yes, Flash. I see the first and last letter and then kind of fill it in. And that's how I like it. Speed read or whatever. Well, let me and let me tell you, um, there are certain words that I fucked up in a, in a newspaper, and that's why I know how to spell them um, indefinitely. Indefinitely. What did I keep? I kept spelling that as something. What? Hold on, I don't even remember what I was fucking it up with now. But I had an editor pointing it out pointed out to me that I was spelling it wrong. Fuck, I don't even re- I'll have to I'll have to think on that. <laughs> what that way like now I avoid using the word. Cuz I can't spell where the shit. I worked for a newspaper, can't spell where the shit. That's another working in TV, right? So I did graphics. I I was typing the shit into the to the the graphics for on screen. Like you, you kind of don't want to misspell shit when you're on TV. You look stupid. So it's like I have to balance it out because it is kind of classist. Uh, if people, if English isn't their first language, like. Who am I to fucking look down upon them fucking up an English word? Because I can't speak another language. They're smarter than me. Defiantly and definitely. That's it. Defiantly and definitely. I was using definitely a lot. And I kept typing it defiantly. And uh, me, me and the editor of the newspaper, we were outside smoking. And he's like, hey, do you know that you fuck up this word every time? Because <laughs> I, um, I didn't do my work from there, right? Because this was when I was, I was the news director of nine radio stations. And I wrote for a newspaper. Because basically what I was doing was taking my stories I was doing on the radio... And then expanding them into newspaper stories. Because it was a weekly newspaper. So, like, it kind of, it made sense, right? I'm already doing all this work. I've already got the sources, the quotes, everything. I just have to, you know, f- add more words to it for newspaper. Flesh out the details. So, like, I would stop in every week or two or something. And we'd go out, we'd smoke a cigarette and shit. Check in on what's going on. Seriously, I keep getting pulled back into doing news. This show wasn't meant to be a news show. I didn't want to do news to begin with. <laughs> I just wanted to be in broadcasting. Oh yeah, we got to find out what that news be doing. I've been rambling too long. Uh, not good, not good. Uh, the killing of a top Hamas official by the name of Arori has sparked protest in Ramallah in the rest in the West Bank. Uh, 
So now it was it was a very targeted bombing by Israel, by the way, to take out this Hamas official, uh, which proves they can do it. And they're lying when they you know say they accidentally struck a hospital or a doctor or a jour- or journalist. Just saying. As we always say, uh, one leader is going, more leaders is coming. So this is not the end. And uh, if they killed one of the leaders, more leaders and more uh, Palestinians will take the flag and will continue the, the, um, the fighting against this occupation. And Palestine will... Who we are told is the hummus top guy. And I like the way, I like the way this guy put it. Like, There's just going to be more people fill in. If you if you die while you're having sex, you won't know whether you're coming or going. I condemn that joke. Uh, Palestinian will take the flag and will continue the the um, the fighting against this occupation, and Palestine will be free. Whatever they did, whatever they done. <laughs> The striking thing about that video is how young everybody is. The majority of the people in that video haven't been born when Hamas was elected into the leadership position in Gaza. You know what? I think I, I think I got a good uh, got a good meme for that. You want another meme? One BB Netanyahu with a bunch of headlines like how Israel helped to spawn Hamas. A quote by the Israeli defense intelligence chief, Israel would be happy if Hamas took over Gaza because IDF could then deal with Gaza as a hostile state. This was from WikiLeaks in 2007. Haaretz reporting, anyone who wants to thwart the establishment of a Palestinian state has to support bolstering Hamas and transferring money to Hamas. Netanyahu told his Lucid Potties uh, Knesset members in, I'm sorry, Knesset members in March of 2019, this is part of our strategy. I'm not quick to condemn the actions of Hamas. I mean, any violence is terrible to me. I'm, I'm close. I'm as close to being a pacifist as you can without actually being a pacifist. I, I definitely rooted on, um, Oscar Schindler when he was doing some industrial sabotage of the Nazis. I'm all for kicking authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. In the camp that says you should punch Nazis always. Been catching up on Quantum Leap. Dr. Ben Son punches a Nazi in one episode. And then he's like, well, that's what it feels like. (laughs) Fantastic, fantastic.
Jordan is warning the U.S. of catastrophic consequences of this war escalating and continuing in Gaza. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken paid a visit to the region. We don't have audio here. Not exactly sure why we don't have audio. This is from the New York Post. Um, it's just the same video over and over again. I'm gonna have to go to the description. <laughs> yeah, the new the new Quantum Leap, which is making me want to go back and watch the old one again because I fucking I love that show, but the new one's really good. Jordan's King Abdullah the second. Uh, warned U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken of catastrophic consequences if the Mideast war continues as the White House scrambles to stave off a widening conflict. His Majesty King Abdullah, I cringe, it's a quote, cringe at calling somebody His Majesty, fuck off. King Abdullah said during a meeting on Sunday with U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, he warned of catastrophic ramifications of the continued war in Gaza, stressing the need to end the tragic humanitarian crisis in the Strip. Abdullah II pressured Blinken to push for a ceasefire in the three-month-long hot war between Israel and the Palestinian terror group Hamas. Blinken has embarked on a roughly week-long trip to the Middle East in a diplomatic effort to try to ease increasing tensions in the region. Abdullah II contended that there won't be stability in the region without a just solution to the Palestinian issue and just and comprehensive peace on the basis of the two-state solution. I believe it's Peacock. I believe it's Peacock, not Achondria. It's an NBC show. For me, it's on the streaming service Pirate Bay. Piracy is always ethical. Oh, they they bring up Dr. Beckett. Like, there's been a couple times in the show, I'm like, oh my God, is it Dr. Beckett? As they've, they've alluded to him still being out there. Because there was one time they found somebody who had been leaped into, and I'm like, oh, was it Dr. Beckett? I won't spoil anything for you. I looked it up. I was like, Scott Bakula, he's still kicking, right? Like he could, he could be in the show if he needed to, if they, if they wanted him. I'm pretty sure. Because I, I looked it up. He's like in a Broadway show or something. He's like 69. Nice. And he's he's in a Broadway show coming up in like February. Like, come on! I need, I need some, I need some Doctor Beckett on the show. I will stand behind my assertion that the original Quantum Leap theme song is the most badass theme song of any show ever. That's a banger. But Space Ghost Coast to Coast being a close second. Let's do another let's do a banger right now. Let's go to New Zealand's youngest MP. This is her first 
speech after being elected. She is the youngest MP in their parliament. This is 21-year-old Hana Wahiti Mopi Clark. She celebrated the indigenous people in her first speech by performing the traditional haka or war cry. Moppy Clark has been fighting for the rights of New Zealand native communities, and we're going to see her first speech on the floor of Parliament in New Zealand. Okay, I'm I'm kind of not digging them putting this music under it uh, to like hype it up. Mirror, you suck. Hana Rahiti Mappy Clark makes a bold statement. I kind of I want just the original speech. Yeah, I would have liked to have heard the rest of her speech. Also, I take it back. Not as white as I would have figured their parliament was. So it looks like uh, some pretty good representation for indigenous people. I shouldn't make those assertions about countries I don't know that much about. And like, who knows anything about New Zealand anyway? All they're known for is uh, they filmed the Lord of the Rings there. Those of you that watch Fly to the Concords, that's a, a really niche joke. Earlier today, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, and Speaker of the House Mike Johnson announced a 2024 budget deal. Apparently, the shutdown threat still remains, however. Lawmakers announced Sunday that they've reached an agreement on spending levels for a new fiscal year 2024 budget. This is 12 days before the existing deal is set to expire. But negotiations surrounding the funding remain ongoing, leaving, leaving open the possibility of a shutdown. We really don't have an agreement is what they're saying. What they're, what they're saying is Chucky Boy and Mike Johnson have an agreement. 
Will Johnson be able to get his caucus on board? They agreed to spend $1.6 trillion in the fiscal year 2024, in line with the current spending and the caps agreed to as part of the last year's deal to raise the federal debt limit. The budget includes $886 billion for defense spending that lawmakers already agreed to last month and $773 billion for non-defense spending. The deal comes 12 days before the stopgap spending bill passed in November to avert a shutdown was set to expire on January 19th. I should have just grabbed a news story. Why did I get the... Like, there's nothing, no reason to have this video. It could include new border controls as Republicans and Democrats have been locked in negotiations over the southern border for months. If you if you didn't see, there was a uh, Republican congressperson. And do I have the quote? I don't. I don't think. Who literally said... Uh, we have no reason to come to an agreement with Joe Biden to make his poll numbers go up. Come on, man. The Democrats are totally willing to cave on on the border and crack down, open a whole bunch of new migrant detention facilities. But the furthest right dipshit Republicans aren't going to let them because they don't want to give Joe Biden a win. Bravo. Bravo. I'm for it. You're doing the right thing out of spite. That's probably the end of that video. It just says right-wing lawmakers demanding a return of some restrictions. Restrictions that uh, I assume they're talking about that were in place during the Trump administration, which we could get another one of. We could be, we could be uh, in a very weird spot next year at this time, where we have a convicted felon <laughs> getting ready to be sworn in to the White House. We really need to prepare thine asses for that possibility. Jim Acosta over on CNN, who is going to be hosting the Republican presidential debate that we we will be watching on Wednesday night. He said Trump shared out a bizarre video on social media. He shared a bizarre video on his Truth Social account claiming he is an instrument of God. Uh, let's watch a little bit of that. Ah! And on June 14, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day, fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. Flash, that is also a possibility. We could be in the aftermath of a second insurrection. So God made Trump. Yeah, Karen, your jaw's dropping. I, well, because <laughs> I just finished reading Tim Alberta's book about what has been going on uh, among uh, conservative white evangelicals, and this is exactly what he talks about: that part of the way that evangelicals have been way, uh, ready, able to make their peace with the fact that Trump 
maybe not so godlike in his behaviors, but that he is the person who can deliver and restore America to what they believe it ought to be. And also, uh -huh. and without saying it, the image of the, the socialist Marxist, I think it was, is Tish James, who is African-American. She also happens to be my cousin, so I generally don't tend to comment on her cases. But, you know, there again, racial grievance is at the center of his message. Yeah, that didn't seem accidental. And I mean, but, but this is part of the playbook. That's, that's you have to think in a place like Iowa. This is not um, this is not new, right? Um, these are the same evangelicals who somehow justified to themselves um, voting for a guy in 2016 who we all heard boast on video. We all heard him in his own voice boasting about committing sexual assault. It's a, a man who cheated on his first wife with his second wife, cheated on his second wife with his third wife, and cheated on the third wife with a stripper and a playboy bunny. And yet the evangelicals lined up behind him. And so this is not this is not new. I agree with Karen. I think it's uh, how do you explain it to yourself? How do you look at yourself in the mirror? How do you then go to church on the weekend and get on your knees and pray? And the only way to do it is by get on your knees. Uh, that he is uh, that, that he is a, a good Christian, which his entire life you the negates. Life, I've been seeing, I, uh, I, I have side. actually seen polling that says that uh, some of these evangelicals think he is much more religious than the other Republicans in the race, and that Joe Biden, a man who has been going to church his entire life. Hmm. You explain yeah. it. I, I, if you explain it, that's better than I can do. I can't explain it. Um, I, Karen, let me ask you. You're in a cult. Has agreed to review whether Trump is disqualified from the Colorado uh, ballot. Uh, like they have to act. They have to act. The Supreme Court is having is going to have to hand down a decision, and I don't I don't know what it's gonna be. I I mean the law is pretty fucking clear. If they, if they rule on the side of the law, then what they have to do is decline to hear the case and the lower court's ruling stands. That's a very good possibility. That's like a 50% chance. The other 50% chance is they're going to come up with some insane bullshit legal theory no one's ever heard of before. They're going to pull it straight out of their asses. And they're going to say that he can remain on the ballot. 50-50 shot. That's my opinion. I'm no legal expert, though. But they have to rule soon. Apparently, they're hearing the case in February. Taking up the case. I, I, I think they can decline to hear it and let the lower court ruling stand. Apparently, it's on the docket for February. I don't, I don't know. It's a toss-up to me. I think I think some right-wingers could uh, be very disappointed. There are all these other states that are in play, of course. I did want to play this one piece of sound, though, from Florida Governor and presidential candidate Ron DeSantis. He is suggesting that Joe Biden People. could be removed from his state's yeah. ballot. Uh, let's listen to this. This is just going to be a tit-for-tat, and it's just not going to end well. You could make a case, and we're actually, I'm actually looking at this in Florida now, could we make a credible case 
that Biden, because of the invasion of 8 million. Um, and again, I don't think that's the, the right way to do it. Yeah, Karen, I mean, uh, but it sounds like that we, you know, what he's threatening is a sort of tit for tat, you know, yeah. you remove our guy, we're going to remove your guy. Yeah. I mean, they're the state's rights people, though. Their guy engaged in an insurrection. Their guy tried to overthrow the will of the American people. Um, but he's sort of, he's been making this claim for quite some time. I mean, this is obviously going to be a very tough case. Um, and I, I, you know, politically, I wish we would have been dealing with this question two years ago rather than right before. Seriously. But I feel like they had to, would they have had standing if he wasn't running for president yet? Year. Um, but we'll see what the Supreme Court decides. All right. Uh, Karen and Anna. Well, great. listen, obviously, I'm, I'm really a Florida voter. And uh, if he tries that, he's going to end up in court and he's going to end up losing, just like he's lost to the drag queens, just like he's lost to Mickey Mouse. And, you know, it's just one more pathetic, lame, last minute attempt by Ron DeSantis to ingratiate himself to Trump voters because his campaign and he himself has turned out to be such a flawed and failed candidate. All right, uh, ladies, thank you so much. I knew it was going to be a great conversation. Having He's not even in the lead anymore, is he? It's it's Nikki Haley leading going into the debate on Wednesday, as, as far as I know. I kind of stay oblivious nowadays with the, with the shorter schedule. But I'll be here with you on Wednesday. Somebody who won't be here is Ashley Babbitt. The husband of deceased January 6th rioter, Ashley Babbitt, has filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the U.S. government for $30 million. Attorneys with Judicial Watch. It's Tom Fitton's outfit. If you don't know who Tom Fitton is, you should Google him because he don't fit in any of his shirts. That's That's why his name is Tom Fitton. All right, I'll do it. I made the joke. He don't fit in any of his shirts. <laughs> He's always wearing a shirt that's a, a size too small. He always looks incredibly angry. Especially that. Look at that. <laughs> Tom fitting everybody. President of Judicial Watch. Attorneys with Judicial Watch, a conservative legal activist group, filed the suit in California. They don't have a very good track record of success, I'll tell you that. They filed suit in California federal court on behalf of Aaron Babbitt and his estate for wrongful death and assault and battery. His wife was shot and killed by law enforcement during the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol when she tried to climb through a barricaded door near the House chamber. The suit alleges that Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd was negligent when he fired at Babbitt, a supporter of former President Trump. The facts speak truth. Ashley was ambushed when she was shot by Lieutenant Byrd. Now, I, I'm torn on this because, you know, usually I'm against the cops. But the woman was literally breaking a window, 
feet away from Congress people. The facts speak truth. Ashley did not go to Washington as part of a grouper for any unlawful or nefarious purpose. She posed no threat to the safety of anyone. Yeah, you can't say she was ambushed. The attorneys also accused Byrd of violating standards for care governing the safe use of a firearm, use of force, and imminent threat assessment. Furthermore, (laughs) they were breaking down a window feet away from the, the people that the Capitol Police are charged with protecting. In an interview following the incident, Bird said he believes he helped to save countless lives that day and doesn't doubt that he made the right decision. He was later exonerated. I know members of Congress as well as my fellow officers and staff were in jeopardy and in serious danger. And that's my job. Because, I mean, you could make a case that she was trying to kick authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. But boy, was she misguided. She thought she was kicking authority in the balls, not acting on behalf of a fascist who wanted to install himself as a dictator. Special counsel probe uncovers new details about Trump's inaction on January the 6th. Special counsel Jack Smith's team has uncovered previously undisclosed details about foreign president Donald Trump's refusal to help stop the violent attack on the U.S. Capitol three years ago as he sat watching TV inside the White House. Many of the exclusive details come from the questioning of Trump's former deputy chief of staff, Dan Scavino, who first started working for Trump as a teenager three decades ago and is now a paid senior advisor to Trump's re-election campaign. Scavino wouldn't speak with the House Select Committee that conducted its own probe related to January 6th, but after a judge overruled claims of executive privilege last year, he did speak with Smith's team, and key portions of what he said were described to ABC News. New details also come from the Smith's team interviews, with other White House advisors and top lawyers who, despite being deposed in the congressional probe, previously declined to answer questions about Trump's own statements and demeanor on January 6th, according to publicly released transcripts of their, intera- or of their interviews in that probe. Sources said Scavino told Smith's investigators that as the violence began to escalate that day, Trump was just not interested in doing more to stop it. Sources also said former Trump aide Nick Luna told federal investigators that when Trump was informed that then-Vice President Mike Pence had to be rushed to a secure location, Trump responded, So what? Which sources said Luna saw as an unexpected willingness by Trump to let potential harm come to a longtime loyalist. House Democrats and other critics have openly accused Trump of failing to do enough that day, with the Democratic-led House Select Committee accusing Trump of committing an utter moral failure and a clear dereliction of duty. (laughs) He's a duty. 
But when sources now described to ABC News or uh, but what sources now described to ABC News are the assessments and firsthand accounts of several of Trump's own advisors who stood by him for years and were among the few to directly engage with him throughout the day. Along with Scavino and Luna, that small group included then-Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, then-White House Counsel Pat Cifalone, and Cifalone's former deputy Pat Philbin. According to sources, when speaking with Smith's team, Scavino recalled telling Trump in a phone, uh, phone call the night of January the 6th, this is all your legacy here, and there's smoke coming out of the Capitol. Oh, that's what Nancy Pelosi was talking about. Gavino hoped Trump would finally help facilitate a peaceful transfer of power. In his wide-ranging indictment against Trump, announced this past August, Smith accuses the foreign president of trying to unlawfully retain power. As the House investigation established after Trump finished his remarks at the Save America rally on January 6th, protesters began making their way to the Capitol. Trump returned to the White House, where he and Meadows settled into chairs around a table in the Oval Office, uh, in the Oval Office dining room to watch TV coverage of the event. But, as also previously recounted in public reports, when Scavino and other White House officials learned that rioters had violent, violently stormed the Capitol, they rushed into the dining room to urge Trump to help calm the situation. Still, Trump didn't do anything. According to what sources said Scavino told Smith's team, Trump was very angry that day, not angry at what his supporters were doing to a pillar of American democracy, but steaming that the election was allegedly stolen from him and his supporters who were angry on his behalf. Scavino described it all as very unsettling. At times, Trump just sat silently at the head of the table with his arms folded and his eyes locked on the TV. After unsuccessfully trying for up to 20 minutes to persuade Trump to release some sort of calming statement, Scavino and others walked out of the dining room, leaving Trump alone. That's when, according to sources, Trump posted a message to his Twitter account saying that Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. Trump's aides told investigators they were shocked by the post. Aides from Trump, uh, aide from, aside from Trump, Scavino was the only other person with access to Trump's Twitter account, and he was often the one actually posting messages to it. So when the message about Pence popped up, Civiloni and other White House attorneys raced to find Scavino, demanding to know why he would post that in the midst of such a precarious situation. Scavino said he was blindsided by the post, or was as blindsided as, uh, by the post as they were, insisting to them, I didn't do it. Some of Trump's aides then returned to the dining room to explain to Trump that a public attack on Pence was not what we need, as Scavino put it to Smith's team. But it's true, Trump responded, sources told ABC News. Trump has publicly echoed that sentiment since then. <laughs> At about the same time, Trump's aides were again pushing him to do more. A White House security official heard reports over police radio that indicated Pence's security detail believed this was about to get very ugly, according to the House committee's report. As Trump aide Luna recalled, according to sources, Trump didn't seem to care that Pence had to be moved to a secure location. Trump showed he was capable of allowing harm to come to one of his closest allies at the time. The chaos inside the Capitol continuing, Trump's aides believed Trump still needed to do more. Sources said Cipollone recalled telling Trump that he needed to explicitly instruct rioters to leave the Capitol. Scavino printed out proposed messages to post on Twitter, hoping that Trump would approve them despite his reluctance to write such posts himself. 
The congressional probe found that even Trump's daughter, Ivanka, rushed down to the Oval Office dining room to convince her father that issuing a public message could discourage violence, as the congressional report put it. More than, an, uh, more than a half hour after Trump was first pressed to take some sort of action, Trump finally let Scavino post a message on Trump's Twitter account telling supporters to support law enforcement and stay peaceful. Wow, so now that is the thing that all the Trump supporters point to. Oh, well, Trump said to stay peaceful. Wasn't Trump that posted it. It was Scavino. These motherfuckers. But this is not the only alleged wrongdoing by a former president we're going to talk about tonight. Because fuck Bill Clinton. Former President Bill Clinton reportedly pressured Vanity Fair to not write about his good buddy Jeffrey Epstein. What a piece of shit this dude is. Full disclosure, I have met President Clinton. I have a picture with him. Also, fuck Bill Clinton. Signed. Signed by the President. That would be 8th grade Justin. 8th grade Justin freaking. There is President Bill Clinton. Right in in the middle. Right in the middle of the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Like, mate, like, it happened in January of 98. I remember the timeline because they did the uh, American Crime Story. I, was re- I really liked that show. It was like January of 98 when it all broke. And that picture I just showed you. September, November, maybe, of 98. One of my classmates was the governor's grandson. Recently, unsealed documents related to Jeffrey Epstein, his associates, and his accusers suggest a connection with former President Bill Clinton. Nah, shit. In an email dated in 2011, a woman said Clinton allegedly pressured Vanity Fair magazine to not write about Epstein and sex trafficking. The statement came from a 2015 civil defamation suit brought by Virginia Roberts Gouffre, who claimed Epstein sexually abused her. She claimed his partner, Giselaine Maxwell, aided the abuse, and she was later convicted and sentenced to 20 years in prison. The Vanity Fair editor at the time, Graydon Carter, said in a statement to CNN that the interaction between the foreign president and Vanity Fairs categorically did not happen. 
I, I can totally believe it did. Clinton spokesman said they had no comment and it's been nearly 20 years since Clinton had any contact with Epstein. I, I mean, apparently the editor of Vanity Fair is denying it. I don't know if I buy that because I could totally see Bill Clinton trying to pressure Vanity Fair. Especially given what we know about the Clinton administration from books written about it, other media like American Crime Story. I could absolutely imagine that Clinton's people tried to pressure Vanity Fair. Light one up, tip one back, because you're going to need to be a little little tipsy for this one. I'm not high enough for this. It keeps clogging. The year 2023 was the year we learned far too much about Lauren Boebert's private life. And it seems like we're starting 2024 off the same way. Officers in Colorado are investigating an apparent altercation between Lauren Boebert and her ex. Ex-husband Jason Boebert. This apparently happened at a restaurant in Silt, Colorado. Investigation is being conducted into an apparent altercation between U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert and her ex-husband <laughs> and her ex-husband Jason Bobert at a restaurant. It's unclear what happened on Saturday, but Bobert's campaign released a statement on Sunday in which she said she didn't punch Jason in the face and no one was arrested. That's your campaign has to put out a statement. No, I did not punch my ex-husband in the face. I will be consulting with my lawyer about the false claims made against me and evaluate all of my legal options. Police Chief Mike Kite confirmed the investigation but declined to release details, including who called police. Officers plan to talk with witnesses and ask the restaurant owners for any video that might have captured what happened. God, please, please let there be a fucking video. We're going to get video this goddamn it. The Miner's Claim restaurant is closed on Sundays. No one answered the phone there. Jason Bobert did not immediately respond to her request for comment. This is a sad situation for all and another reason I'm moving, Lauren Bobert said in a statement. Bobert, a Republican who has served two terms in the U.S. House, representing the western side of the state, announced on December 27th that she was switching congressional districts 
to run for a seat representing the eastern side of Colorado. The seat is open with the retirement of Republican U.S. Rep. Ken Buck. In her current district, Boebert probably would have faced a Democratic challenger who nearly defeated her in the 2022 general election and who has far outraised her. In September, Boebert and a guest were kicked out of a musical performance of Beetlejuice after guests complained they were vaping, singing, using phones, and causing a disturbance. Many people speculated she was giving them a handy in the middle of the production. You live in sexual anarchy? Not gonna kink shame. Heard that Alanis Morissette song was like, this bitch is spitting. Oh, God. He's actually out here doing a Mark Wayne Mullen. We're in, we're into the criminal justice section of the show. And unfortunately I've I hate these stories. I hate them. Warren Bobert denies calling the cops on her husband. I will tell you, don't call the cops unless you absolutely have to. Because in most situations, you're just going to make it worse. A woman in L.A. called the cops for help and got shot. A woman in Los Angeles called police for help after she said a man would not leave her alone, that he wouldn't leave her apartment. This was a domestic abuse call. Her name is Niani Finlayson. Her name was Niani Finlayson. She ended up being killed by one of the sheriff's deputies who responded. Well, now her family is suing for $70 million and calling for accountability. The claim is against L.A. County and the sheriff's office. They released audio of Finlayson's 911 call. Here's some of it. Who is he to you? His name is... My... Please leave me alone. Ma'am, my question is... Ma'am, my question is who is he to you? Huh? My question is who is he to you? Hello? Send somebody to her... Fuck. Don't send somebody to her house. Hello? Oh, damn. Yeah, I need the police here right now. No, he won't get his hands off of me, and I already told him a thousand times. Ma'am, get his okay, off me. ma'am, walk away so I can talk to you. Doesn't seem like she can get away. Was holding a kitchen knife. They heard her threaten the man. He was her former boyfriend, and then they shot her as she was holding the man with one hand and the knife with the other. Joining us now is Niani's father, Lamont Finlayson, and the family's attorney, Bradley Gage. Thank you both for being with me. We have uh, two angles of body cam video here. Uh, Mr. Finlayson, I'm first going to warn you that we will hear the shots, although we will not see them. Um, and you can see Niani Finlayson on the left side of your screen. So let's play that and then talk. Oh, my God. 
That's within seconds of walking into uh, that apartment. Mr. Finlayson, when you saw that, what did you think? What did you feel when you saw that, that body cam footage? Well, you know, it's just like what you said. In seconds. It's like he did it in one second. Horrific. A nightmare. A total disaster. A train wreck. You see the lady sheriff hands him a taser. He throws the taser down and automatically starts shooting, firing his weapon. This is the worstest feeling in the world over the holidays to lose your baby from a cop who has no training, who has a history of killing. Justice has to be done. So I, I do no words. I do want to mention um, and show that moment because we have it where the officer who fired the, the fatal shots asks the other officer, the female officer, for the taser. So let's just isolate that portion and watch it. And we can see from another angle where he discards that um, almost uh, immediately. Attorney Gage, the significance of the request of the taser and then discarding it, what, in your perspective, from your perspective, what does that mean? It's terrible tactics. They eliminate less lethal force and create a situation where Niani gets murdered. It's atrocious. Was she wearing cat ears? I want to read for you uh, L.A. County Sheriff's Office use of force policy. Considering what we've just watched, the department members are justified. Not that it matters. She have cat ears on. I don't know. I don't know why that. That. <laughs> it's she didn't deserve to be shot for wearing cat ears. That's for sure. They eliminate less lethal force and create a situation where Niani gets murdered. It's atrocious. I want to read for you uh, L.A. County Sheriff's Office use of force policy. Considering what we've just watched, the department members are justified in using deadly force upon another person only when they reasonably believe, uh, based on the totality of the circumstances, that such force is necessary for either of two reasons. And the first reason is to defend against an imminent threat of death or serious bodily injury to the member or another person. So Niani answers the door with a knife in hand and says, I'm going to stab him. Uh, an officer says, come this way. Instead, she walks in the opposite direction towards the man on the sofa, holds him with one hand and the knife with the other. Attorney Gage, is it not a reasonable belief that she will then use that knife to do what she said she would to stab him? It was not a reasonable belief to do that. First of all, they knew that over 16 minutes, Niani was on the phone with 911, screaming and holding a knife during that time frame. If she was going to use it and inflict serious injury, she would have done it 16 minutes before these deputies arrived. That's the first thing. Secondly, the commands issued by the deputies were far from clear. 
they keep saying, hey, 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 that's not proper, that does not comply with policy. What they should have done is said, put down the knife, come out, we're here, we'll take care of the situation, or words to that effect. Third, they could have used less lethal force, including a taser or pepper spray, but they threw it away instead. So they wound up using deadly force when it was not necessary. Mr. Finlayson, um, we did not show her, and um, we certainly didn't play the, the audio of uh, Niani's daughter, a nine-year-old who was in the room, your granddaughter. Um, how is she after watching this, this shooting of her mother? She's, she's, she's terrible. She's, she's, she's going to need counseling, a lot of counseling. Uh, and the reality of it is that my daughter is not coming back and... How do you tell a child, you know, at nine years old that your mom is never coming back? And especially after witnessing, you know, the the horrendous ordeal that she went through, you know, uh, uh, in, in that apartment, you know? So if she'll never be the same, of course, I'll never be the same. None of us will never be the same. You know, uh, the, her, her heart is shattered. Her heart is broken. She, she's trying to handle it the best she can. But mind you, she's nine years old. More than a $70 million um, award from a jury. What, Mr. Finlayson, do you want to happen next? Accountability, goddammit. I want justice. I want justice for Ty Shelton. I want him, his job loss. I want him prosecuted. And I want him in jail so he can think about the rest of his days on what he did. And I want that boy, James Hurd, uh, uh, Martin, James Martin, prosecuted because if it wasn't for him, the police wouldn't have never came in order to shoot her to begin with. So prosecutions on both sides and justice on both sides. Lamont Finlayson, Attorney Bradley Gage, thank you both. Uh, let me read this. Uh, this is from the Sheriff's I like that dude. And in a statement that pursuant to normal procedure. DJ Dub. Deputy involved in the shooting has been removed from the field pending the outcome of the department's critical incident review. The department will examine and evaluate every aspect of the shooting, including the response, tactics, and background of the employee. Unfortunately, not the only cop death I've got to show you tonight. I guess we should be lucky they didn't shoot the nine-year-old. She just had to witness her mom's murder. You have the content warning again. Hopefully, hopefully I'm going to get some, uh, some flowers sometime this week. So I'm not high enough for this shit. Go to Mississippi. Our first of two gruesome stories out of Mississippi. Our first look at the body camera video of the night an officer shot an 11 year old boy in his own home. It was released after various Freedom of Information Act requests, including one from ABC News. The officer has been cleared of criminal wrongdoing and the boy survived, but the family is now seeking justice through a civil suit. Ike Jachi joins us now with details. Ike, good morning. Good morning, Wit. This body camera video, which some people may find disturbing, shows the moment the officer involved pulled the trigger on 11-year-old Adarian Murray, shooting him in the chest. 
Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. This morning, shocking new body camera footage showing 11-year-old Darian Murray shot in the chest by a Mississippi police officer. Where is he at? I speculated about his race earlier in the stream. I take no, no pleasure in being right. And the fact that I was able to call it speaks to our justice system, especially since it's in Mississippi. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. This morning, shocking new body camera footage showing 11-year-old Darian Murray shot in the chest by a Mississippi police officer. Where is he at? The shooting taking place last May. The unarmed 11-year-old telling ABC News an argument between his mother and her ex-boyfriend woke him. Then he dialed 911 after his mom told him to do so. What he told us... Two stories in a row! Two stories in a row where people have called the cops for help and gotten shot. That's how prevalent it is in this fucking country. Two stories in a row, opposite fucking sides of the country, called the cops, got shot. Next can be seen on the body camera footage. Take a look. You can see the officer approach the house before knocking on the door several times. Adarian's mom coming out first with her hands up. Where's he at? Then the crucial moment. The officer stepping into the house. Adarian coming around the corner with his hand in the air. That's when the officer is seen pulling the trigger. Adarian was rushed to the hospital where doctors discovered the bullet collapsed his lung and lacerated his liver. ABC News speaking exclusively to Adarian after the incident, who described the moment he was shot. I came out doing this. It then, it then, um, when Greg shot me, I did this to my chest. It felt like a big punch to the chest. He was cleared. This motherfucker was cleared. You have no business being a cop, you piece of shit. Sergeant Greg Capers, the officer involved, was suspended without pay. He told ABC's DeMarco Morgan that the shooting wasn't intentional. I hate that it happened because even I'm, I'm, I love kids. I've shed many tears, done everything I can to get this situation off of me. His attorney telling ABC News it's a complete surprise that the body camera was released, but some still raising questions about the policing tactics in this case. What this is really a he had no business having his gun out. A desire for citizens to want law enforcement to move away from a shoot first, ask questions later. Now, an attorney for Darian's mom said they welcome the body camera footage being released. She's filing a $5 million federal lawsuit. This is a domestic disturbance call. No report that there was a weapon involved. Why is the cop coming to the door with his gun out? What kind of coward is he? Lawsuit against Capers and the city of Indianola, Mississippi, for her son's injuries and for excessive force. Now, a Mississippi grand jury has determined Sergeant Capers won't face any criminal charges. He's already been reinstated to the police department and says he's ready to get back to work. Motherfucker!
reporting there. Shut up, George. You're exactly right, Shelly. That's what it is. The cops are scared because everybody in the fucking country's got a gun. So they just, they are trained to expect every person they encounter to have a gun, which to be completely honest with you, that's the country we live in. I think it's wrong because I interpret the Constitution to mean that it is a cop's job to die. To die, if necessary. You put your life on the line to uh, apprehend the suspect, to protect somebody else. It's your job to die, if necessary. Not to, to shoot because you're scared. Not the way we train cops either, but I guess I guess we should be lucky that this kid isn't in a mass grave behind a jail in Mississippi. Cause I guess that's the kind of thing that happens. Alright, we've we've played stories from this dude before. I like this dude. This is the Isaiah factor. Uncensored. He's he's gonna he's gonna spill the tea like he's Cat Williams. Let's hear what you got to say. An unsettling situation in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, to be exact. It's been revealed 215 bodies were buried in unmarked graves behind a state jail in Jackson, of course. Attorney Ben Crump is now calling for an investigation. Families of the dead reportedly had no idea until last month. Some of them, those grave sites were only labeled by a number and a metal rod. Joining us to talk about it, activist Arthur Silky Slash. Good evening. Also works with Ben Crump. I guess I should I should probably hit the content warning for this one because this is gruesome. This started with Dexter Wade's case back in March, right? He was an individual who was hit by uh, a police officer and his family thought he was simply missing, but he was dead and buried and no one notified them. Well, the thing about it is that I was expecting these to be like 100-year-old deaths. No, this is shit that's happened recently. Holy shit. This is me not being a pre-watch Andy again. All I knew was the headline. I was expecting these to be from a different time period. Wow. 215 bodies found. He had identification on him, Isaiah. And the medical examiner gave it to the lead detective who said he called, didn't get an answer, and they didn't worry about doing anything else. Um, What we're finding, Isaiah, is that Mississippi is Mississippi. It's an ugly Mississippi. And this is sad because now we have six other individuals that has been put into this same grave. And if you look at the video from when we first went to that site, that site, buzzards were flying overhead. And we were trying to figure out why are the buzzards flying overhead? But it's because they're putting them in shadow graves 
And the only thing that they're putting them in is a body bag without embalming the bodies. So the stench from the bodies are drawing buzzers there. It's so inhumane for anybody to do any one like that, Isaiah, is just horrible is what we can say. And that's not even a word that we should use in a situation like this. It's something that we haven't seen. And what we're seeing here is over 200 people in this, what they consider a pauper's grave behind the county jail there. And, and what you guys are learning in your investigation is many of these families were never called, were never notified. Many of them still think their family members or thought their family members were simply missing, but they were dead and buried and never got a call from any investigators, any law enforcement officials, authorities in Jackson, Mississippi. That's right. And one of the things that we faced uh, being Mississippi is that um, they thought that we were playing the race card. We have white clients as well. There were white people that were buried the same way, um, Isaiah. And any human being that's buried the way that they are burying these individuals, it says a lot about the people that's doing this. Um, criminal act. And the only thing that we're asking, because people always look at us when we're out fighting for civil rights of individuals, the only thing that we're asking in this case, we want you to do the right thing and give them a humane burial. And the city is, you know, so it's crazy, Isaiah, to see what? something like 2023. It's not 1940. But to see them just dumping bodies in a grave like that, and no name, just a number. So they'll say, well, number 13, that's Arthur Reed. Um, number 21 is Isaiah Kerry. But we don't really know until we get the remains. And then the remains um, had decomposed so bad, we just have to take them at their word. And when you look at the story, they told us that they would um, exhume this body at 12 noon, but they ended up taking this young man, Dexter Wade, out of the ground at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, they say we were not going to allow them to embarrass us with those cameras. If you're not embarrassed by what you're doing, it's shame on you. Absolutely incredible. Now, you guys, uh, along with Ben Crump and I think Attorney Dennis Week, you all are asking for a federal investigation that the feds come in. Yes! And see. Shut that jail down. Fire all of them. Wade's death when he was hit by the police officer. Fire all the cops. In this case. And why wasn't his family ever notified that he was dead and not just a missing person? So bottom line, you want an investigation, right? We think many civil rights were violated in Dexter Wade's case. Um, yes! Notifying the family, burying him without permission um, when you knew who he was. That's, that's the key issue right there. You knew who this individual was. And if you look at the Dexter Wade case, um, it's Even if you didn't know who they were, that doesn't seem right to me at all. And, but Dexter Wade's uncle was killed by Jackson police, and they knew the family because they was involved in an ongoing lawsuit with that family, with Attorney Sweets, who you're talking about. Well, investigate the police. Very, very troubling for us to, for you to know this family already and for you to do something like this, this was adding insult to already injury that you had done to this family, Isaiah. No, you did not go far enough. I would, I might even suspect foul play on the cops part that they killed him on purpose to get back at the family. I will not put anything past these fucking crooked cops.
Wow. I honestly thought that we were making a discovery about bodies that had been buried a century ago. I had no clue that we're talking about like people that like the, the cops fucking killed out here. Wow. This is why I can't do this show every night anymore. Like it was, it was taking a toll on me. <laughs> Cause he, you seriously can't just do these stories every fucking night. I love it and I hate it. It is a blessing and a curse. Last week, we got to watch a dude really didn't like what the judge had to say to him. Took a big run and dive and tried to attack the judge. We are learning more... (laughs) About this incident, apparently the cops, incompetent in this scenario, they sent the marshals to the wrong courtroom. Well, a deeper dive into the arrest report of Diabrek Redden, the man seen on video attacking a Clark County District Court judge on Wednesday. Well, Channel 13 also obtaining Redden's latest mugshot. We're learning more about critical moments in the initial response to the incident and what the defendant said to correction officers while he was being booked into jail. Cubs McFarland dug through the report and has the latest. The arrest report paints a chaotic scene with blood spatter and documents scattered across the courtroom. And we've just learned the judge and defendant will reunite in just a few days. Judge Mary Kay Holt has filed an order today ensuring she will have the chance to sentence 30-year-old Diabra Redden on Monday, ordering officers to transport Redden to the courtroom by any and all means necessary. I think it's time that he gets a taste of something else because I just can't with that history. Judge Mary Kay Holt has told police she was about to sentence 30-year-old Diabra Redden to prison when the six-foot, 190-pound man leapt over her bench and attacked her. Holta said Redden knocked her out of her chair and slammed her head against the wall before ripping some of her hair out. When her law clerk, Michael Lasso, stepped in to help, Judge Holtus crawled under her desk, covering her face. The arrest report states Lasso, the man many are calling a hero, has known Judge Holtus his entire life. Outside the courtroom, a delay in response. The arrest report states two marshals were notified of a panic alarm from courtroom 3G. They responded and said nothing appeared to be out of the ordinary. That's because the chaos was happening next door in courtroom 3F. Marshals were flagged down to the correct room and arrived as Redden was being taken into custody. While marshals transported Redden to his holding cell, he reportedly told them, quote, Judge has it out for me. Judge is evil, asking one marshal if what he did was wrong, saying, quote, I'm sorry you guys had to see that. 
At the Clark County Detention Center, Redden this man needs help. in the face of a corrections officer. While he was being strip searched, corrections officers heard him utter the words, he had a bad day and tried to kill the judge today. A hazmat team has since cleaned the courtroom and Judge Holtis was back on the bench one day after the attack. A hazmat team? Sentence Redden once again on Monday. I've reached out to the Regional Justice Center to find out why and how marshals were sent to the wrong courtroom and if there's any issue with the panic alarm system. We'll continue to follow this and bring you the latest. The studio lighting not doing her any favors. I, I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. <laughs> That's a, that's a really good story. It's getting national attention. You're going to want that on your reel. And Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Probably spit all over the place, too. I feel sorry for him because I know they're going to have him in a spit hood now. We might even say, apparently his next court date is Monday, so next time I'm on, we might be watching video of him again. I feel bad because like, his family said he has mental health issues. And just from the description of what he said, it seems like he could use health care. He doesn't need to be locked up. He needs health care. This was, this was, this was, oh, okay. Now I know, now I know, uh, what's going on. Better headline here fills me in. We're going to go to Harvey, Illinois, which is apparently outside of Chicago. Residents were boarded up in their own apartments in a condemned building. They condemned the apartment building. Residents ended up getting boarded up. Some shocking videos circulating on social media tonight show some Harvey residents boarded up into their own apartments as crews tried to close up a condemned building. They are able to open their doors once again, but there are questions tonight about how this happened exactly. TBS 2 Sarah Maki is looking into it for us tonight. Wait, is their apartment These condemned? These are the boards that went up on the units at this apartment complex. Some of those units unoccupied at the time, but some, like this one, still had residents inside. Here, it was a mother and her two young kids. Using whatever tools they can find, a community activist breaks down the boards on this Harvey apartment complex, searching for anybody who might be trapped inside. Ultimately, there is nobody in this unit, but it's a panic that community members have felt for the last 24 hours. There's still people in these apartments. There's Rudolph Williams shows us the handles to his screen door, broken off by construction crews as they boarded up his apartment Friday afternoon. The 73-year-old unaware he was being trapped inside. I'm used to the noise when they start to do some construction sometimes. Mm -hmm. Didn't pay really that much attention after a while. I sort of drowned it out, you know. Yeah, this man been boarded up inside this apartment. Williams's nephew capturing these videos from the other side, showing crews ignoring their pleas to take the boards down, telling them of the people trapped inside. They, they walked right past me. I said, can y'all come aboard this window? It's a person inside. He just looked at me and kept on walking. And I had to push my kids out the window. And like right now, my son, is he scraped up. My little one, his face scraped up. It's kind of bad. Where we are these people going to go? Resident? 
Price, who didn't want to be on camera, but says she was asleep when the boards went up, escaping their ground floor apartment through a back window. Both Price and Williams tell us they used Section 8 vouchers and had already paid their rent for the month. Your call has been forwarded to voicemail. We tried calling the building's owner, RFN, but got a voicemail message. Harvey police tell us the city has been contacting building owners since October about unsafe conditions, specifically referencing this collapsed stairwell. Harvey police acknowledge nobody was evicted prior to the boards going up, saying property owners boarded up the complex while their officers performed several inspections and wellness checks at the property. What? This should never have happened and, and should never. Okay, it doesn't sound like they knew they were getting, like, they weren't just stupid and stayed there or uh, unable to go anywhere else. It looks like they weren't even told that this was happening. The hell? Where are these people going to go? Already paid, like, already paid their rent for the month of January and then boarded up in your apartment. This, this sounds like some slumlord bullshit. Never happen again. Residents tell us they would like to move out, but some of them don't have a place to go or the money to do so. So they say for right now, they're staying put in hard. Well, especially if they already paid for the month. How do you, how do you get another month's rent? You've got to give these people several months advance. You can't just condemn them. And when we're talking about people that are living on Section 8, where the fuck are they going to go? The 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 waiting list for housing in almost every municipality is years. Years. What the fuck? I hate it here. I hate it here. I hate... God damn. Once again, why... Good reason why I can't do this every night anymore. Shit! Also got a little bit of FOMO, though, because there's so much goddamn crazy shit going on. I feel like I'm going to miss out on telling you guys about it. There was a massive pileup in Southern California. Two people are dead. 35 vehicles. It's new tonight. Police are investigating a chain reaction crash in Bakersfield that killed two people and injured nine others. Investigators say 35 vehicles, including 18 rigs, crashed into each other on I-5 this morning. This video is just unbelievable. Early reports indicate fog was to blame for this pileup. Transportation officials say the highway in the area will stay closed for the rest of the day. Fucking 
Wow. The fog hit. All I heard was screeching, like screech, screech, because like everyone was trying to break. Our GPS um, notified us that there was an accident, and so we stopped. And as like two minutes after we stopped, the car behind us hit us, and that's when everything just happened real fast. All the witnesses have uh, fog visibility at approximately 100 feet at the time, so there was heavy fog at the time of the collision. Probably about four separate uh, traffic collisions uh, in this vicinity. That is so scary. Law enforcement is still investigating this massive crash. No details about the victims were released tonight. Ooh. That's the what, third massive pileup we've covered in the last few months. The other two were in New Orleans on the same fucking bridge. I are we going to have more and more of these as climate change? Because it said fog. Are there fires in Southern California right now? Did smoke contribute to it? Because it was one of the factors that made the visibility so low in Louisiana. Wouldn't want to be traveling by car. Wouldn't be want to travel. Wouldn't want to be traveling by airline after this next story. More about the scare in the sky on an Alaska Airlines flight. The scare in the sky on an Alaska Airlines flight. That's a tongue twister. Apparently a hunk of the plane just flew off. More about the scare in the sky on an Alaska Airlines flight. Investigators say a door plug fell out, leaving a hole in the plane. The flight made an emergency landing and no one was seriously injured. ABC's Zoreen Shah has the details. The NTSB is trying to figure out how a door plug managed to fly out of this Alaska Airlines flight in midair. The flight en route to nope. Ontario. California from Portland took off Friday at 4.40 p.m. and reached about 16,000 feet before the door plug fell out, leaving a hole in the fuselage next to seat 26A. Investigators say nobody was in that seat or the one next to it. A passenger video taken on board the Boeing 737 MAX 9 plane shows the gaping hole. The flight path shows the pilot looped back around to Portland International Airport the entire ordeal a harrowing 26 minutes. Passengers stunned. It was hell and the mask came down. I mean, you could see debris flying in. The sun's shirt was like completely blown off and his body was extremely red. 171 people were on board along with six crew members. No one was seriously injured. On Saturday, the FAA issued an emergency airworthiness directive grounding 171 Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes for immediate inspections. The NTSB was asked about the safety of the fleet. We're early on in the investigation, so we can't make any uh, broad uh, statements about the fleet. Uh, but I am very encouraged, again, that the FAA took action to temporarily ground uh, this particular uh, aircraft for 
for inspection. The Alaska Airlines plane in service since October. This plug should have been inspected at least twice as it went along the final assembly line. So somewhere there's a problem that needs to get fixed. Investigators are now trying to find the door plug that came off and are asking the public to please call police if they find it. The NTSB saying they are grateful the incident occurred at 16,000 feet when passengers were still buckled in for takeoff and 10 minutes from the airport rather than 30,000 feet on cruise control with people potentially walking around the cabin. Zorin Shah, ABC News, Los Angeles. Nope, I ain't never gonna fly again. Fuck that shit. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I'd like to travel the world, but I'm just going to go places I can drive. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. Well, DJ, we just did a 35-car pileup. Just watching that has scared the shit out of me. I I have a fear of heights, as it is. Nope. Nope, nope. Now we got to do another airline story. I am pro-kicking cop. I'm anti-punching airline stewardess. I don't. I don't know if we're gonna. We're gonna see the flight attendant get punched. Well, it's just me having a fear of heights. I've also. I got a fear of my own mortality. Just overall, I've been developing a driving anxiety, which I haven't, you know, driven all that much. Look, Curiouser bought a new car, and I drove her old car back from a city about an hour and a half away. I drove the interstate. Are asking anyone? And I, it wasn't a big deal, so I don't, I don't know. We didn't really get to see the fight. A man is accused of punching a flight attendant and he later kicked a police officer in the groin, then spit on the officers who were removing him from the plane. Literally, literally kicked authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. Yes, I want high speed rail. Keith Edward Virginia. Faces charges of interfering with a flight crew and could face up to 20 years in prison if he's convicted. He's scheduled to make his first federal court appearance on Monday in Amarillo, Texas. This is our kicking authority in the balls winner of the day. Keith Edward Fajizian. A flight attendant told the FBI that another passenger complained that Fajizian was violently kicking their seat. The flight attendant said he uh, said when he asked Virginia to stop, the man swore at him, punched him in the stomach, then stood up and hit him three more times. The attendant and other passengers subdued the man and put flex cuffs on him until the plane landed in Amarillo. Federal FBI agent or a federal 
an FBI agent said in an affidavit. It's a little redundant. That while officers were putting steel cuffs on Fajijian, you know, he spit at the officers and kicked one. They put a spitting mask on his face. The agent wrote that Fajijian said he didn't remember anything about the flight, but admitted he had drunk some Captain Morgan's. He drunk some. He had drank some Captain Morgan's. It said. It, it said they captured the video of him with the flight attendant, but they were just arresting him. In the video we saw, I feel let down. We want the action. Here we go. The New York Post will have the video we want. Surely. No, that's just the cops taking him out. That's the same video we watched earlier. I am very let down. Boo. An American Airlines passenger faces criminal charges after allegedly assaulting a flight attendant. The incident happened on a flight yesterday that was leaving DFW Airport headed for Montana. That flight had to be diverted. to Montana soon. Law enforcement officers at Rick Husband Amarillo International Airport were waiting for... Rick Husband. Rick Husband International Airport. American Airlines flight 1497 Wednesday after it was diverted to the airport with an unruly passenger. According to the Federal Aviation Administration, Keith Edward Fagiana assaulted a male flight attendant. It wasn't far off. Departed from DFW airport bound for Montana. Felony convictions under federal law can carry with them not only fines and penalties, but very severe uh, and lengthy periods of jail time. Ron McCallum is a pilot and aviation attorney not involved in this case. Fagiana is charged with interference with a flight crew. As one might expect, McCallum says diverting a commercial flight is a major ordeal. At that point, the lock and place protocol goes into effect, which is where the flight crew is isolated from the rest of the aircraft. At that point and during this particular flight, the flight crew was in communication with air traffic control, which is above and beyond a local tower. They would have reported an emergency, which gives them clearance and authority to navigate directly to the nearest suitable airport for a landing. In a statement to Fox 4 Rick News, husband. spokesman with the Association of Professional Flight Attendants said in part, yesterday another flight attendant was assaulted by a customer. Our priority is to care for the affected crew member. This violent behavior must stop. Passengers told investigators Fagiana, who is from Las Vegas, threw multiple punches at a male flight attendant before he was tackled by other passengers. What prompted the allegedly alcohol or drugs were involved is now under investigation by the... Of course, you'd show up for the story about the dude kicking the cops in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. Everything else he did was horrible, and he seems like a real shit person. But... He kicked and spit at the cops, and we applaud him for that. The FBI and the FAA. In this case, it's it, it escalated to violence, and that's a felony under federal law. In Dallas, Alex Boyer, Fox 4 News. Fajigia. We still didn't see him fight with the, the flight attendant. 
The very first story we read said there was video. I I am upset that there was no video. I do know for a fact, however, that we have video of this, and I really think you're going to enjoy it. This happened in Alabama. I assume we're down close to the Florida line for this one. You feel me? You know, like they, they call it Florida Bama down there. An Alabama man was arrested after skinny dipping in Bass Pro Shops Aquarium. <laughs> View viewer discretion is advised, says Yellowhammer News. Do you think? Did you get that? Yeah, I got that. He did a cannonball. Oh, send me a picture of that. Do you think? Oh, 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 oh. Do you think? We get him like mid cannonball. Do you think? Yeah, I got that. He did a cannonball. He is completely naked. That is, we are blurring. We are blurring the video here. Oh, send me a picture of that. And the dude next to him said, "Send me a picture of that." This is at a Bass Pro Shop. Well, that one's more. Oh shit, what a moron. Oh Yeah, that hurt. Dumbass. Oh my god, they're like the they're like the Muppets up in the up in the seats at the at the theater. <laughs> I like these guys. What a moron. Oh, oh. He slid. Dumbass. Yeah, I figured he did not have much fight in him after that. Not what you gonna do with him. Wait, wait, wait. So he knocked himself out when he got out of the aquarium? That's it. My God. Everything about this. Oh, <laughs> oh he hit it. It's hard to tell because it's blurred, but he hit his head. Yeah, I figured he did not have much fight in him after that. Not what you're going to do with him. Well, he's wet. He ought to be able to slide across this floor pretty good. Pulled by the feet or by the hair? 
it does not really matter at this point. have to watch that again. Do you think? Did you get that? Yeah, I got that. He did a cannonball. Oh, send me a picture of that. <laughs> well, that one's more. 2024 off to a bang. Talking about his ass there. He's out. He's out right now. He said he's gonna fuck the guy's wife. Oh my god. Yeah, I figured he did not have much fight in him after that. Not what you gonna do with him. Well, he's wet. He ought to be able to slide across this pool pretty good. But he did! They predicted it! By the feet or by the hair? It does not really matter. Or by the dick! Flopping. Slammed him. That's how I would do it too. That's one hundred percent how I would do it too. I think I grabbed the hair. I'll 
When he says he's clean, does he mean he's off the smack? Or does he mean, like, I just took a bath in the Bass Pro Shop Aquarium? <laughs> oh, I feel, I feel like it's the, the scene from Sunny in Philadelphia when Frank has poured the bottles of uh, hand sanitizer all over himself. I'm clean! I'm clean! <laughs> He gave his kids Christmas present. I couldn't under I couldn't make out what else he said, but he was yelling that he was clean. Okay, he does say he gave him his Christmas something or other. Maybe that, it could have been a baptism. It, this is Alabama we're talking here. He says he's cleaned up, so that kind of makes me think that he might be talking about, you know, getting off the smack. Or the meth. I don't know. I feel like there's a good possibility that substances are indeed involved in this somehow. I, one might say that's drunk behavior, but I could see somebody on some sort of drug doing that as well. Way to go, Mark. I guess. Give me a little bit of good money. Wow. Enjoy your smoke, DJ Dub. I just... So that's already going on the best of 2024. That that story will 100% be featured. I don't know if we are going to watch anything that oh, it's a presidential year. I was about to say I don't know if we're going to watch anything that can top that. So this was the Bass Pro Shop in Leeds. It happened on Thursday. Been reported that the man was acting erratically before the incident. The man was identified as George Owens, 42 of Leeds. He was taken for a mental health evaluation and booked into St. Clair County Jail. Irwin said Owens was only in the store for about five minutes before being taken into custody. Owens was charged with public lewdness. Disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, assault on police. He didn't assault the police. Two counts of first-degree criminal mischief and two counts of reckless endangerment. I... Public lewdness, okay. Disorderly conduct, just fine. He He did those. Resisting arrest and assault on a police officer, those are bullshit charges. Motherfucker was out cold when you started handcuffing him. Criminal mischief? Okay. Who was he a reckless endangerment to? Himself. Looked like he cracked his fucking skull. I'm just saying, I think a lot of those charges should be thrown out. Fuck that. He showed... Did he assault the fish? Oh, motherfucking gay fish, gay fish. I just want to pack it up now. Like, I feel like that you can't top that video. 
But we got some we got some other shit to do. Criminal mi- crim- <laughs> It does sound lighthearted, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, clinically just got here. I can't I can't li- I can't leave you on that, but like I feel like it's the whole, you know, leave on a high note kind of thing. Like I can't top that. But would you guys, it's Sunday. Would you like to learn about the Antichrist? If you shit on a neighbor's, if you shit on a neighbor's porch, it would be criminal mischief. Yes. I've clinically been lurking around here. I shouted you out earlier, early on. Apparently, Trump is not the Antichrist. You would you would think like if I actually believed in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, there you like. If I believed in the Bible, he kind of fits the description really fucking well. <laughs> Just saying. But apparently, Trump is not the Antichrist. Apparently, I. I shouldn't say it. YouTube might get me for misinformation. Please, YouTube gods, Google, if you are watching this, if you are reviewing my video later, we are mocking a dipshit talking about the COVID vaccine. I'm not promoting misinformation. I am not promoting misinformation. What we are getting ready to watch is a dipshit saying some dipshittery about the COVID vaccine. Content warning fuckers. They'll nuke me anyway indeed. Dr. Lapido. The disgraced. I call him disgraced because apparently everybody he's ever worked for said he's a danger to his patients. Dr. Lapido, who is the... (laughs) Surgeon General in Florida got some advice for us about the COVID vaccine. Doctor, help me out here for a second. When uh, we've had other experts on or other people on from... I'm pretty sure I'm saying his name wrong. ...services or podcasts, whatever. uh, The mainstream media immediately, you know, the mediates the world, uh, the, the media matters. It's all of a sudden, you know, we're conspiracy theory guys. We're kooks. Um, that yes. talking about, uh, you know, keeping it's not just media matters or media, even like Rush Limbaugh as a conservative, it's getting harder and harder to not look like a kook. Literally called you a kook. It's not just the liberal media, Steve Bannon, Rush fucking Limbaugh called you motherfuckers out. As a conservative, it's getting harder and harder to not look like a kook. I'm glad I had that handy. Keeping people away from this tremendous vaccine that saves so many lives. What what evidence do you point to? Because I know you're a man of science. That's where you came and took the Surgeon General. I think you were at UCLA after Harvard. You came and took the Surgeon General job under Governor DeSantis because you actually wanted to get this out into the field. What evidence do you point to that backs up your contention? Yeah. Well, the great news here is the evidence has been completely provided by the FDA. So it's their evidence. And the evidence is a combination of 
their guidance documents in the past that acknowledge the risk of DNA integration and the need to test for it to make sure you're not fouling up the human genome. Their evidence is their acknowledgement that there is DNA in there, and that's been found to be billions of particles, small particles of DNA with each dose in at least one study. Forget, I am not a man of science. But correct me if I'm wrong. All cells have DNA. Right? Like, everything that's living has DNA in it. Right? Like, the fucking idea that there's DNA in the in the vaccine is just kind of one of those, uh? What? And they've acknowledged, because we asked them specifically whether they have tested for this. And they, they gave a non-answer. They talked about a bunch of other things, and they never answered the question, which I refer to mean that they haven't. I'm pretty sure they said you were fucking really batshit. evidence. And I'm not saying, frankly, I think it probably does have some integration at some levels with the human genome because these vaccines are honestly they're they're the antichrist of all products so i think it probably does but I, i'm not saying it does i'm saying that they themselves have said you should test for it and it hasn't happened that and they, they've provided no proof that it's happened and that's that's so wrong you know it's just complete disrespect to the human genome and the importance of protecting it and preserving it and that is our connection to god You're a man of science talking about our connection to God. Ladapo? Ladapo? Clinics just get up. Flush it. Flush it all. Start over. That's what God would do. We're not like God. Clinically, we're better than the Christian God. Come on. That's exactly what the Christian God would do, and we're better than that. <laughs> uh, do you guys know who fucking Bill Ingvall is? Does anybody even remember this motherfucker? God isn't a man. God isn't a man clinically. God's uh God's a non-binary entity. And really religious people have no understanding of the concept of non-binary. <laughs> oh. Do you guys remember who Bill Ingwood? He's the dude that used to do the here's your sign. Back in like the nineties, he did the redneck comedy tour. He 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 was famous for about three years. For some reason, when we had like some after the we had a whole Spanish wave where like Santana became big again, and Rob Thomas did a song, and everything was Ricky Martin and Jennifer Lopez, and then there was like a white backlash to it, and we got the redneck comedy tour or whatever with Jeff Foxworthy. 
And Ron White's good. I like Ron White. But there was this Bill Ingvall dude. And he had he had white collar comedy tour. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, blue collar. Blue collar. <laughs> he is wearing a white collar right now. I'm, I'm sure he's very rich and famous. Apparently, apparently Larry the Cable Guy is just a fucking act. He's not even like that. But Bill Ingvall is upset about, I guess, cancel culture. Is His audiences are too sensitive. Another thing about retirement that's happened to me, it happened, it was, and I knew it was time, was uh, society's changed now. Oh, gosh, uh, yes. Um, it used to be that comedy was the release valve. You know, like, they would go to a show and laugh and have a great time. And now it seems like it's become the instigator. Like people go to shows hoping you're going to say something that offends them. Have you tried being funny? If people aren't laughing at your shows, it's usually because you aren't funny. So they can holler out. And I just don't, if I have to worry about somebody rushing the stage or doing something, throwing something, then I can't commit to the whole show. And that's not fair to those folks that came out to see a show. Right. So it just, uh, unfortunately, when the Will Smith, uh, Chris Rock incident happened, that opened Pandora's box. And uh, I just, I, whether staged or not, I don't, I can't make that call. But all I know is it, like I was doing a show in the special I'm doing, I just did, I do a bit about giving my son a pocket knife for his birthday. Right. And in the middle of the bit, a guy walks up to the stage. The three most divorced men in the world in one Zoom call. Talking about woke media. That is funnier than anything any of these fucks are going to say. I don't even know who this is. Stephen Stephen Ray. Uh, Are you the dude that has the barbecue sauce? This guy, this guy looks like uh, he should be uh, trying to sell me a mortgage and hosting a wrestling podcast and tosses a pocket knife on the he didn't like throw it at me but just tossed it up on the stage and i was like what made you think this is okay to do right you know it's like and and any entertainer will tell you we can only see maybe two three rows I don't- wait they tossed a pocket knife upset on on your on your stage what like were you in a redneck part of the country were they giving you a present in in Appalachian culture, you would know this if you weren't a fraud, Bill Ingvall. A giving someone a pocket knife is like a sign of admiration and kinship. Uh, I just I, whether staged or not, I don't. I can't make that call. But all I know is it. Like I was doing a show in the special. I'm do. I just did. I do a bit about giving my son a pocket knife for his birthday. Right. And in the middle of the bit, a guy walks up to the stage and tosses a pocket knife on the... He didn't, like, throw it at me, but just tossed it up on the stage. And I was like, what made you think this is okay to do? He's giving it to you! Holy shit, mother... What? This dude wanted you to have his pocket knife because he liked your story, you absolute dipshit. Am am I wrong here? That's the way I would interpret it. Like women throw their panties on stage? Yeah, kind of thing a biker would do. What? (laughs) Right. You know, it's like, and and any entertainer will tell you, we can only see maybe two, three rows. I don't know what's coming out of the back of the room. 
you know, and then that girl, that singer that somebody threw their cell phone and hit her in the head. It's like, what has mm. happened? Just going and, and sitting and. Wait a minute. It wasn't, wasn't that Cardi, and I don't encourage it. Wasn't that Cardi B? And wasn't she like talking shit about the, about the crowd? Or am I wrong on that one? No, no, that was, uh, she was letting the crowd throw water on her. And then like she went back to singing and somebody threw water on her again. And she like, she threw something at the crowd. I've got it backwards. I'm not sure what he's talking about. I think he has completely misinterpreted that. And you are right, PB girl. Coastal elite encounters working class and, and is disgusted by it. And enjoying a show. So, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But as far back to your question, it is, um, I've just been so blessed. He's telling a story about gifting a pocket knife and then someone walks up and puts a pocket knife on the stage. Why would you take that as some sort of attack? You're telling a story about gifting a pocket knife. Bless my fans are just such good people. They're they're just good for to not steal a phrase, but they're just good, hardworking blue collar people, and uh, all they want to do is laugh. And uh, and and hopefully, I was able to do that over the years to make them laugh and forget some problems. Uh, and, and I hope that uh, they'll watch the special and say, yeah, I missed that. That was nonsense. Yeah, your, your fans are good people that wanted to gift you a pocket knife and you got offended. Because <laughs> I'm assuming if he's there at your show, he's not just some rando. He came because he wanted to hear you. Here's your sign. Wow. <laughs> okay, do you guys know who Pat McAfee is? Pat McAfee is like one of the biggest things in like Sports radio, sports podcasting. I know him from WWE. He was announcer on SmackDown for a couple of years, and he makes appearances. He's wrestled a few times. He's actually decent at it. He used to be a kicker. No, no, a punter. He was a punter for some sporty ball team. No, he's not the anti-vaccine anti guy. That's Aaron Rodgers, who appears on his show quite often. Pat McAfee is pretty cool. Like he hosts a podcast. He's like one of the biggest podcasters in the in the sports niche. He's on ESPN now because the show was so big. And as my buddy told me, he's apparently keeping ESPN alive. But he went off. He went off on ESPN during one of his recent shows. Anyways, we're very appreciative, and we understand that more people are watching this show than ever before. We're very thankful for the ESPN folks being very hospitable. Now, there are some people actively trying to sabotage us from within ESPN. Funny. More specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy who is attempting to sabotage our program. I'm not 100% sure. That is just seemingly the only human that has information, and then somehow that information gets leaked, and it's wrong. 
and then it sets a narrative of what our show is, and then are we just going to combat that from a rat every single time? I don't know. But like somebody tried to get ahead of our actual ratings release with wrong numbers 12 hours beforehand. That's a sabotage attempt. And it's been happening basically this entire season from some people who didn't necessarily look. Uh, yes, ESPN is owned by Disney, but apparently Disney is looking in the near future to sell off some of their assets. Because they've basically stretched themselves too thin. I don't really know anything about it, but apparently Star Wars fans are really upset about the new director or some shit. I didn't get the whole story. But like I've 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 heard rumors the that the ESPN and shit's gonna get sold off. Their ABC properties and shit. And like, I would like to see it. Because like, Disney owns too goddamn much. I don't think our government should have let them buy all the shit that they bought. And apparently ESPN is on the on the downturn. Because all the, we're seeing all the other streaming services try to get in on live sports. Like Amazon's making a big play for it. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. If they merge with HBO, they're gonna. They're probably. They're vying for WWE Raw now. The whole story is she's a woman, and isn't she like Indian descent or some shit like that? Like, isn't it both? Like that, that she is a person of color and she's a woman. I've 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 seen. They're very very mad. Love the old edition of the Pat McAfee Show to the ESPN family. Sure. There's a lot of those. We've heard them anonymously quoted in the Washington Post, Mm -hmm. in the New York Post, in the New York Times, in the LA Times, in Wall Street Journal. And they're never like, yeah, love the show. This is awesome. It's always like little things to try to tear us down. So even with the enemy within our own camp, somebody that we don't, I don't like that guy. That guy left me in his office for 45 minutes, no-showed me in 2018 so this guy has had zero respect for me and in return same thing back to him for a long time so even with that taking place and potential pr like there's we're still growing somehow yep so we're very thankful yeah i think we're doing it right yeah mcafee's the one talking i kind of like i kind of like the gusto to go on there and talk shit about one of the higher ups in your company on you that's how like he's that big as I said, my buddy said, like, ESPN is dependent upon him. We have good intentions every single time we come in here. We don't always get it right, but motherfuckers been getting it wrong for a long time in this specific field. Long time. Every day. Every single day. What do you mean? Like you said, you have the right intentions. Like, we're trying to sit here and have fun and talk about sports. His outfit is wild. Oh, might pop. It looks like he's getting ready to, uh, like, put a hood on and drop the guillotine on a on a billionaire. Who am I kidding? It's been a long time since we pulled out the guillotines on the billionaires. So apparently ESPN not going to do a damn thing. McAfee has been at the center of a controversy this week after show contributor uh, Aaron Rodgers made a controversial comment about let not host Jimmy Kimmel. But on Friday, he sent zingers in the direction of Norby Williamson, 
Uh, he's ESPN's executive editor and head of event and studio production and a member of company president Jimmy Patero's inner circle. ESPN representative did not offer a comment when the New York Post asked about McAfee's remarks. McAfee's comments followed an op-ed in the New York Post by Andrew Matchard, questioning whether adding McAfee to the tune of $85 million over five years had paid off for ESPN. Upon hiring McAfee in the fall, ESPN knew he would be a headache. They even agreed to it, allowing him to swear on its air, wear a tank top, and keep ownership of his show. ESPN executives correctly believed that if you are hiring McAfee, you can't neuter him. Hey, I think that's fucking awesome. I think that bodes well for creatives like me. If they're like, we got to let him be himself. We can't neuter who he is. I, I, I like the, the executives that are taking that approach. And talking about numbers, Matchard wrote Stephen A. Smith and First Take are handing McAfee a 583,000 viewer lead-in. McAfee is maintaining just 302,000, which is a 48% drop as compared to the same window last year, which featured SportsCenter. McAfee is down 12%. On the plus side, Matchard wrote, uh, noted that about 403,000 people watch McAfee's show via YouTube. And that's another thing. They're just used to consuming his product in a different way. On Friday, Mike Foss, ESPN Senior Vice President of Studio and Digital Production, sought to put out the fire over the jab at Kimmel, but had nothing to say about the one at Williamson. Aaron made a deeply dumb and factually inaccurate joke about Jimmy Kimmel. It should have never happened, and we all agree on that point, Foss said. Pat has created a multi-hundred billion dollar company. I don't think he needs my advice on anything. We've certainly spoken about the shows uh, this week and the shows beyond. Ultimately, Pat makes his own choices, and I trust him to continue to make the right moves. As a broadcasting professional... I applaud them taking that approach. And I think that's that's what made ESPN, ESPN special in the first place back in the 90s was because they were like raw and unfiltered. You want to see a clouded leopard cub? A clouded leopard cub. Uh, I thought we'd have noises from the cub. Look at the little baby. Yes, let's watch PB Girls Microscope stream. Video. I got you. Let's do it. Oh, yeah, put music on it. What are we looking at? Does it say it in the description? I see you warned me. I just didn't see it. A fly leg. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's cool.
totally see it now. This is a hundred times magnification. Can't see it because of the troll logo. Neat. I want a microscope now. I never had a microscope. I usually don't get my 14 cents anyway. I usually end up losing it somehow. Something about the best of is blocked, but I don't think it's blocked in the U.S. Highly recommend it. If you want something to like fall asleep to or something, like a six-hour best of the Troll Patrol, it's in chronological order. Oh, I bet it gets really big. This is at the Nashville Zoo. Yes, I am not in favor of most zoos. They're so adorable. Holy shit. It's just a normal kitty behavior. I wish we didn't have zoos for commercial purposes, right? Like there are some animals, you know, wounded animals that you need to take, take in and, and most animals don't belong in captivity. There are animals that need to be rescued where a facility like a zoo is appropriate. Unfortunately, we have many zoos for commercial purposes. This, this one was probably born in captivity. I'm sure it's going to be well taken care of. In, in most zoos, they are, are well taken care of. Some of them, they are not. Fucking, especially like really commercialized places like a SeaWorld or something like that. I'm, I really, fuck them. Fuck all of them. But like most, most people that, you know, are zoologists or whatever, whatever credentials you need to work with animals. I, don't, I can't remember off the top of my head what they're called. If you're, if you're trying to be a Steve Irwin. Oh, yes. I love... Well, other than they might put him down. Wouldn't want him to maul a human because they like fucking... We would punish an animal for its animal instincts. Humans suck. I like the way you think clinically, but also like 
some people might worry about what you like if you wrote that shit in a in a journal somebody found when you were in high school they'd send you off with the uh with the grippy socks did i put that well I have a feeling, like, you know, me being as weird and eccentric as I am, if I had grown up in a different time, they would have pumped me full of medicine. They would have had me on some sort of a list. Oh, no, the present is the box. Cats love boxes. I can I can tell you as someone who has probably twelve boxes throughout the house, they love fucking boxes. That little motherfucker having the time of his life. <laughs> I just I want like fucking if I had been in high school in like twenty ten. 2012. They'd have me fucking committed. Fuck, my college did have me committed. (laughs) I petted a snake one time at a... It was a refuge. I was at a wildlife refuge in I think it was in Hawaii. It's possible it was San Diego. I don't like I don't like uh I like furry animals. Like I fuck I fuck with this. Like even even if it was full grown. I'm like here kitty kitty kitty. If I if I die getting eaten by a big cat, don't don't shed a tear for me. But I was I was at a refuge in Hawaii or San Diego, and they had like a fucking giant. It was yellow, a giant motherfucker. You know, kind of like well, one of the ones that Britney Spears had at the the VMAs that one year. That's what it looked like, and I did not like that. <laughs> I am I am not a fan of that. It's a python. It was big and scary and Justin didn't like it. But they had all kinds of lizards. They had all sorts of different fucking things with legs, things without legs. I don't like it. I don't like going over people's houses. They got snakes. I'm like, nope, nope. I love animals. I don't... I got nothing against you, Mr. Snake. I just don't want to be around you. Not into it. Not cool with it. One of the reasons I have cats is they kind of keep the... They keep the things I don't like away from me. (laughs) They'll take care of the bugs and crawly things that I don't want to deal with. I'm sure, like, I, like, I'm not going to begrudge somebody that has an attachment to a snake because I love my, I love my animals. 
I totally get it. But I don't, I don't get it. I don't get, uh, oh man. But they just give me the willies. Kind of like I, anything medical related just gives me the willies. Heights. Give, like, I got a lot of things I'm afraid of. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big puss. Which is, you know, weird growing up in Appalachia. I was in the mountains all the fucking time as a kid. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. We're going to be coming back at you Wednesday night on the Troll Patrol live for the, the debate and Vivek and... Donald Trump on Fox News. We're going to do it all. We're going to do it all.